find yourself in a world that no longer makes sense. When you realize that a man like Epstein didn't Epstein himself. When the police are defunded, but Pakistan gets a gender studies grant. You may be in the Collapse Experiment. Hello and welcome to the Collapse Experiment where I give you the latest news, our situation in the collapse that we are experiencing in the world right now. Currently, we are seeing over 100 different nations experiencing riots. And if you're watching the mainstream media, they're going to tell you, oh, they're just mad at their governments. No, no, they're not. <laughs> they are mad at the policies that their government are implementing uh, due to outside forces like the World Economic Forum. Uh, if you're looking at Denmark, Germany, Albania, Poland, India, has, has anybody heard? India is now experiencing riots. Uh, one point, oh man, what is it? It's something like 1.6 billion people live there in India at the moment. And uh, food's in short supply. Uh, they're experiencing inflation and in food prices. Uh, food shortages. Uh, did I mention they have food shortages? 1.6 billion people. And they can't get the food to feed themselves. What did they think was going to happen? And if you think that is bad, you wait until you see what is going to happen in Europe in the next couple months. Today, today, Russia is shutting down the natural gas pipeline that feeds into the EU. It is responsible for a majority of the industry in Germany at the moment. And you have, let's see here, I'm trying to look it up right now. French and German leaders warn populations prepare for total cutoff of Russian gas. They've been trying to stockpile the stuff, but the dwindling amounts that Russia has been pumping out means that either they use what they are getting or they uh, cut that even more and try to put some into storage for the shutdown. Uh, this is supposed to be a regular routine maintenance operation, which will leave it shut down for, I believe it's two weeks. But uh, at the same time, Canada is releasing a turbine that uh, violates sanctions that we're supposed to have against Russia at the moment. And this is in hopes that giving them the turbine uh, will help speed up the routine maintenance and get the natural, natural gas flowing again. However, many people are speculating that Russia is just going to use this as, <laughs> we don't know what's going on. Uh, gas pipeline is uh, mm, broke. Uh, ha ha. Uh, <laughs> what the EU thought was going to happen when they decided to put sanctions on Russia when they rely heavily on Russian resources? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, there's a few ideas that I have, uh, mainly that uh, uh, they they want things shut down. It could could this be part of the the great uh, restart? <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. Anyways, 
if you cut down the amount of natural gas, uh, which is also used as a heating source in Europe, because Europe, as you know, uh, doesn't really have a huge lumber uh, infrastructure. They don't... They, They've been civilized for so long that the amount of trees that they have is uh, really small in comparison to places like Canada or the United States, where it's feasible. You can heat your house with the trees that are on your property, and you're not going to run out of trees. Uh, Europe didn't do that over the last, oh, I don't know, 2,000 years, uh, when the when the new world was found, one of the leading imports from this new continent, this new discovery, was lumber. Because uh, there were no forests. The last natural forest that wasn't planted by man, I believe, is in Poland. And uh, yeah, they, they pretty much have a bunch of rules that you, you can't go there, you don't touch it, don't use it, just leave it alone. Uh, I'm all for something like that, considering how poorly they they manage their population. You think things might have changed after the Black Plague, but uh, no, no, they didn't. So this moment with the uh, 100 nations experiencing riots, they're, they're starting to call this the Great Awakening, the, the moment where the population, the people finally woke up and acknowledged what was happening and it wasn't uh covid and uh it's not it's not it's not putin uh they're they're finally acknowledging that what they are experiencing is solely due to the people that are in charge and in a lot of these cases uh these people were not picked or elected by the the, the population that's being affected so if anyone has even more reason to be pissed off, it's it's those people. So, a um, couple of news articles from over the weekend. Uh, I'll read them off. They're going to be on the CollapseExperiment.com website. Explosion rocks Oklahoma natural gas plant. This is the fourth natural gas explosion in less than a month in the United States. Now, what did I already mention here? That the number one source for natural gas in the EU is being shut down, which means that they're going to try to find alternate sources for said product. Nothing can really uh, replace uh, the, the Russian pipeline, but they are going to try to bring in fuel by other means. So if you wanted to shut down the EU and you could do it by making sure they didn't get natural gas, wouldn't you also, um, I don't know, focus on the alternative means of fueling that region? And couldn't that be uh, cyber attacks on certain facilities in other countries that would be exporting to the EU? So along with the uh, assassination of Sinjo Abe, we also have the OPEC Secretary General dies, just weeks shy of departure. Hmm, that's that's interesting. You know, I did look this guy up. Didn't exactly look like the healthiest person on the planet, if you know what I mean. Uh, should we really be surprised that he just kind of uh, <clears throat> kicked the bucket before he was going to be out? And 
I don't know. I, I just have one question. Like, how much did he know that they were afraid he was going to uh, say after he was done? Uh, OPEC isn't exactly the the most um, honorable organization on the planet. So uh, I'm, I'm just not surprised that somebody with that title who's the head of a, a group like OPEC would just, uh, I don't know, have, have some type of random medical event. Oh, so moving on, tyranny on autopilot, LA County set to resume mask mandate. They're bringing this stuff back? Are you serious? <laughs> That's, uh, they're, they're going to try to bring back the lockdowns before, before the election. Uh, I almost guarantee it. Considering that, ta-da, here's another story. Now an outbreak of the Marburg virus has begun. Uh, <laughs> I'm not making this stuff up, people. It's like uh, a crew for a horrible TV series. Do you remember back when uh, soap when they had soap operas? Uh, th those shows that were on during the day. You you skip school. You pretend to be sick. You you think daytime television is going to be awesome, and instead you're watching a bunch of uh, adults running around acting like high school kids, like, what? He said he liked you? <gasps> I thought he liked me. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but no, um, I, I just, you know, a crew from one of those shows could probably do a better job. I mean, they, they are the show that one of those shows actually did the whole, like, she's a clone of herself. And it's, <laughs> They did the whole clone thing. Yeah. Um, China holds war drills around Taiwan, directed at U.S. Senator's visit to the island. Yeah. Um, there's speculation China is going to invade Taiwan by the end of the year. Uh, I'm not completely sure how that's going to turn out. Uh, it could end up being like a... Uh, a joint effort, perhaps something happens in Korea at the same time to where the U.S. isn't allowed or able to help defend Taiwan because there's another situation close by. Uh, there is speculation about that. Left-wing German minister wants to confiscate guns owned by members of the right-wing AFD. Hmm, and isn't Germany starting to experience uh, protest? That's weird, and they want to confiscate the guns. Uh, they're talking about this just before the natural gas line gets shut down. What would they be trying to prevent? Oh, I don't know. When your population is hungry, they tend to... Party? Uh, no, that's not it. What are we seeing around the world right now? What is it that they are, they are looking to avoid? Uh, probably some protests, riots and uh, government uprising. Sri Lanka, protesters storm presidential's house amid economic meltdown. This is the second time in a very, very, very short period of time that they've overthrown their government. Uh, Sri Lanka is just not having it, and there's a bunch of other countries that are looking at them going, that looks like a great idea. Also, from Zero Hedge, 
Social peace is in great danger. Germany is quietly shutting down as energy crunch paralyzes economy. Again, going back to the guns. They want to take the... Now, let's see here. The last time Germany had economic strife, uh, inflation, people couldn't eat. What happened? I, I don't seem to remember that ending well. Hmm, are they looking at a repeat of uh, a, a previous time? And isn't it weird? It's almost like 100 years later. This is all happening all over again. Uh, I covered this last week. UN deletes weird satirical article celebrating benefits of world hunger. Hmm. Uh, Biden sold 1 million barrels of strategic petroleum reserve to Chinese firm Hunter invested in. Hunter is still invested in this firm, which means that he profited personally from the sale of this oil, our oil, that we paid for to be used by the government in emergency situations, not to be handed over to what we should be viewing as our enemy. There are a lot of people who seem to think that Russia and China are not our enemies, but considering the amount of nuclear weapons they're stockpiling, and um, the only place that they could possibly be looking at, aiming it at, is us. So how are they not our enemy? When you have... Uh, Two nations who are already working together in, in in getting rid of the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar's world reserve currency status. They're working together to do that. They're undermining us in several other operations. And now they're working on nuclear warheads and supersonic rockets that we can't stop if they're fired. We, ha we have no ability to counter them at this point. We have currently just over 400 Minuteman rockets. 400. And because we actually followed by the uh, nuclear arms treaty that we had with Russia, we went from three warheads per rocket to one, which means we have 400 rockets to fire back if we are attacked upon. Not to mention, back in the day, Bill Clinton, he updated the, the nuclear response protocol. And uh, currently, our administration, our government, is not allowed to retaliate until we are hit first. So we could know that rockets are in the air, we can't shoot back. Isn't that kind of weird? And uh, a lot of this information that I'm telling you right now, you can find at the Canadian Prepper on YouTube, where he has a hour-long interview with a man named Joel Skolson. And uh, you can check him out too. He's got a couple of uh, great books that I've been looking into. One is Strategic Relocation, How to... Uh, defend your home, how to, um, he's got a lot of information when it comes to bugging out and trying to survive something like nuclear war, uh, which unfortunately it's every day that goes by, it looks more and more like this is going to happen. Uh, 
For some reason, our government keeps running on the assumption that mutually assured destruction is a thing. And yet China and Russia are acting like nuclear war is something that can be won. And there's a lot of uh, speculation that Russia views the whole Ukraine situation to where if they just strike first, everyone else backs down. Once you show your willingness to use nuclear weapons, and granted, yes, you can say, well, the U.S. used it to end World War II. Have, have we used them since then? And why is it that we keep looking at this, this weapon, this advantage that we've held over other nations, and we keep looking at it as like the option that's not on the table? Uh, it just doesn't look like a very good situation for us. Uh, China and Russia, <laughs> Iran, North Korea, everyone wants to use these things against us. And we're sitting back like, well, morally, it's wrong. And, uh, you know, Biden tried to uh, say some big words about nuclear war beforehand. You know, it's like within the two within a two day time span, he'll say, we need to get carbon down to zero and save the planet. And then the next day, he's like, nuclear war is a good thing. <laughs> that doesn't destroy the planet. Not at all. So one thing I want to talk about today is um, the Great Reset. How that fits into Ukraine and the war uh, going on against Russia. Uh, and how that all fits together. Because... It looks like, from what Putin was saying recently, uh, he is not part of the Great Reset globalist agenda. Actually, he is uh, opposed to it. It sounds like this is one of the reasons why he is uh, uh, moving the war the way that he is, uh, why he started the events in Ukraine, and... Um, I know this is all starting to sound like, well, does that mean that Russia's the good guys? Not saying that. Um, I do believe that when uh, two people go to war that there isn't necessarily a good guy or a bad guy. Sometimes uh, both sides are just a bunch of um, <clears throat> jerks, to put it mildly. I'm trying to keep this family friendly. Uh there's a very good possibility that the po both sides involved could just be, in fact, jerks. And after all, jerks don't usually hang out with other jerks. Um, so having said that, uh, at first, when things happened in Ukraine, uh, I, I did find myself rooting for Ukraine. Um, but that was more of just... Uh, instinct when it comes to seeing one nation invading another as more information came out i was like wait what? oh these guys are a bunch of jerks too <laughs> and then you know come to find out that uh the real uh jerks involved were were us the u.s who overthrew a democratically elected government in ukraine which um Russia did not like the new government that uh, we put in. And while this whole thing was going on and people, this was during the 90s, 
there were people who who knew what was happening. They're like, hey, this is the CIA. This is us overthrowing uh, a legitimate government to put in somebody that we like. And once that all happened, Russia was like, mm, we don't like these guys and they have our old nukes. And um, while all this was going on, the media was screaming that the people who were assuming the CIA was involved were a bunch of nutbags. Um, but hey, years later, come to find out, weird, these, these people were right. Huh. It's almost like a Alex Jones prediction thing. Like, you see something very obvious, they, they try to tell you, no, no, that's not what's going on. Honey, I swear, I'm not sleeping with her. We're just friends. I work with her. Yes, we spend a lot of hours after work, but that's not, you're crazy. She's married too. Why would a married woman do that? Uh, yeah, they're flat out freaking lying to you. So when it comes to what's happening in, in Russia and Ukraine, uh, I quickly realized that I myself could not trust anything that was coming out of the media. I was trying to find other sources, uh, boots on the ground, if you will, as to what was really happening over there. And um, because if you went by the media, wow, Russia, Russia is getting hit hard. They're taking a lot of losses. There's no way they're going to win this war. Ukraine is like seriously kicking their butts. And then you had the propaganda crap come out with Ghost of Kiev and Snake Island and what was it the uh, was it the Ukrainian ghost the the ghost no the there's that sniper that apparently had taken out over a hundred Russian soldiers all on his own um, there was the old woman who said uh, put sunflower seeds in your pockets so that when you die you plant for the future. <laughs> Uh, all these stories that came, and it was weird. It was all within the same week. Uh, they finally admitted months later that it was all fake. But the news media said, you know, yeah, we, we knew it was lies, but, but they were good lies. <laughs> they, were, they were to help. Um, yes, we knew this was propaganda. And let's not forget that Obama, through the National Defense Authorization Act, legalized propaganda through our media, which was made illegal after World War II, that the government cannot use media for propaganda in certain, in, in any situation. And yet Obama reversed that. And what do we have? We have a situation now where the media is just, uh, we know it's a lie, but for the sake of everyone, we think that the lie is better than the truth. And uh, we're just going to run with the lie because the government told us to. <clears throat> Didn't see that with COVID at all. Nope. Not, not, not one bit. So we have legalized propaganda where the government can tell these media companies what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. And... Uh, for some reason, the majority of the public seems to be okay with this. Well, if it comes from the government, it must be stuff that we need to know. This is why they have an issue with independent media. Some people could actually call this podcast a form of independent media. I collect the news. I comment on it. I kind of get a good sense of, oh, this is a bunch of crap. 
And uh, then there's like, well, I think this is what's really going on. And then come to find out that's what's really going on. They have a really bad record of like trying to hide what is happening by giving you half-truths. And then when you look at the half-truths, you're like, hmm, well, I'm looking at the whole piece. Of, if this is only half the puzzle, I, I can get a good idea as to what the rest of the puzzle is going to look like. And this, what the... The story they're trying to piece together with this these little snippets is not working for me. <sighs> and uh, that's that's how things are rolling these days. So this brings me back to the the riots, the hash the, the quote unquote riots that are happening. Are these uprisings? Are these revolutions? Uh, I guess it really depends on who you ask. Uh, Sri Lanka, did they just take their country back or are they no longer a country at all? Uh, South Africa, they're getting hit hard with uh, their food issues and the amount of chaos and riots that are happening over there. And yes, I'm calling those riots. When you're raiding trucks on the highway to get food, uh, that's not really an overthrowing of the government or, or fighting back. That's... Uh, <laughs> We need some stuff to survive, and uh, I just uh, I don't I don't see where a lot of this is going in a positive direction, uh, but some of it, obviously Germany is worried about it going in a positive direction, not for them, the the German government, but when it comes to the people, and uh, they finally had enough, they're like. Hey, you're shutting down farms. We don't have any natural gas. How are we going to heat our homes? We don't have any food. What are you doing for us? And I'm, and at some point, some of these people are going to start thinking to themselves, you know, I could probably just do a much better job myself taking care of me than looking at these other people who appointed themselves overall. And uh, they're not... They're not doing a very good job. For one, nobody asked them to be here. Two, they threaten us when we talk about getting rid of them. <laughs> Perhaps, maybe if I just, uh, I don't know, build a cabin on the side of a mountain, find a fresh water source, grow some food, tell everybody to leave me the F alone, and um, I don't know, uh, maybe, perhaps... It'd be a more peaceful world. I don't know. Cities, cities are not for me. I'm not anti-city, I think. Perhaps, maybe. Now that I think about it, I spent most of my life living in cities. And um, for me, it was just a miserable situation. Um, there's definitely... And I've seen this here, too, where there is the divide between the haves and the have-nots. I just think it's more pronounced in cities. Uh, if you work, like, if you live or work in the country, <clears throat> I think it's it's easier to work your way up. Um, the pay, from what I've seen, seems to be better in these situations. The work is hard. It is hard work. But there is that mobility. You can better your situation. Um, if you know what you're doing, life can actually be cheaper and uh, <clears throat> more fulfilling. Uh, 
So not a fan of cities. Um, growing up, it was obvious to me that uh, there were certain things available in the city to people who were more fortunate than me. Um, people I would work with talk about like, oh yeah, we went to such and such bar last night, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking to myself, how can you afford to go to a bar? Like I look at a, at the time, a, a six pack of beer was probably, uh, if you got cheap stuff, four or five bucks. Now this was 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, buying a six pack of beer was almost an hour of work. When I, when I first started working, minimum wage was four fifteen an hour. Then it got bumped up to five fifteen, and I thought I was doing better. Then I learned that you can make over 10 bucks an hour, but that took a long time, especially when you work in the healthcare industry. That's weird. Especially when you find out how much they're charging for different things. And I'm thinking, I still haven't made $10 an hour. And yet they just charge that person, I don't know, $30,000 for a visit because of the test and everything they had done. When I was looking at the equipment that they had in the the ER, they had uh, heart monitors that still used floppy disk, the three and a half inch floppy disk that every morning an employee had to go up, put the disk in, load up the programming so that when they attached everything to the person's chest to see if they're having a heart attack, uh, that it would work correctly. This technology was old. (laughs) Let me put it that way. It was old. And yet, every time they attached that to somebody, it was $1,500. The machine itself cost $12,000. And they used that same machine several times a day to check to see if somebody's having a heart attack. But they didn't have the money to replace that machine with a better piece of equipment. That is how our hospitals have been run. They're taking in way more money per day than the equipment itself cost, charging people for it, and at the end of the day, they're like, eh, you know, we've, we've got our money going elsewhere and we have higher priorities and uh, <clears throat> hopefully the board will approve my, my pay raise as director of this hospital from $3.3 million to, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just kind of seeing that that $5 million is is looking pretty good. Why is it that administrators in a hospital who, who don't actually get involved in patient care are getting paid the amount of 40-plus nurses for one person. And that's just the head guy. That's not the uh, managers, middle management, uh, supervisors, all the people in between, different department heads. These hospitals, if you want to know why the healthcare system is crumbling, uh, it's called greed. It, it's very, very simple to understand when you start looking at the books. And a lot of these books, especially the nonprofit hospitals, are basically available for, for public consumption, but nobody really has the time to look at it. And when you start pointing out these numbers, they're like, are you saying that this person who did all this great stuff for this hospital is not worth this amount of money? 
Well, why is it the same job back in 1998 was uh, six figures, like 200000 How is $200,000 not enough for somebody to run a place? That's quite a bit of money. That's more money than I'll ever see in one year during my lifetime. Uh, it's completely insane. I don't understand it. I don't, I, I can't figure out how this is okay. And I'm sorry, but when you have nonprofit status, which is complete BS, by the way, uh, I have a, I have yet to see a nonprofit organization that didn't just funnel money to the top and they contribute absolutely nothing. And that seems to be what most of these companies do. So moving on to a different topic, um, kind of I wanted to start doing some type of uh, suggestions, goals, things that people should be looking into, um, tips on uh, how to get past situations that may occur in the future from what we're seeing today. And one of the things that I came up with recently was um, making sure that you have a stockpile of cash on hand. Uh, last week, uh, Canada, of all places, 75% of Canada lost internet service. And this shut down banks, uh, it shut down uh, ATMs, companies could not charge debit or credit cards. So there were, <laughs> and I've seen some of these, these tweets, Canadians were posting on Twitter that uh, they were very upset that they could not go out and get their 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 Starbucks coffee and their their breakfast sandwich. And one guy in particular said, "I just want my coffee and cigarettes. What the hell is going on?" Uh, he didn't have enough cash on hand in order to buy coffee and cigarettes. So um, if you don't want to be that guy, <laughs> then. Uh, there's a piece of advice is to uh, somewhere at home pick a spot I don't care if you're, it's your your freezer if it's a uh, plastic bag in the top of your toilet uh, if you if you want to stuff it under your mattress like grandma used to do uh, take some money you know next paycheck take some of your paycheck out whatever your spending cash was going to be and uh, just keep it at home because uh, there might be the day where you go to get some gas and all of a sudden there's a sign on the front that says uh, gas available, but please pay with cash inside. And then uh, you don't have any cash. Um, so this is uh, something that happened recently. We have seen it in other countries but this was probably the biggest one that we have seen so far uh, last year uh, pinball preparedness he discussed how uh, there were certain banks that were cyber attacked and people couldn't get their money out uh, house payments couldn't be made um, people were trying to use the app the website um, banks for uh, these these certain um, chains were closed down because the internet for them was down. They couldn't access their system. So this is an ongoing thing. This 
I have a feeling they're going to try to make this a regular thing. And um, this is just another sign of the, the collapse that is happening. Also, you know, some, some of you out there might be thinking like, well, if I hold on the cash, what good does that do me if there is the collapse and there's no government and money is worthless? Um, some people out there... Unfortunately, because they've relied on the U.S. dollar for so long, you hand them something green with a president on it, and they're going to hand over an item, thinking that somehow that dollar still has some type of uh, tangible value. Um, should you be taking advantage of people like that? Maybe not. If they're dumb enough to take a dollar, are they going to be around long enough to... Um, get pissed off at you M maybe not so the great reset is happening although it seems to be falling apart uh, public the, the the mass population in several countries is not going along with it uh, the 2030 agenda um, may be falling fat flat on its face although I have a feeling these people are going to say we still have eight years. Um, let's just uh, speed things up. What could they possibly do? Uh, who knows uh, what they're thinking. But it just seems like everything's falling apart for them. And um, we can only hope that this continues. You had the um, Georgia Guidestones that were blown up. Um, but at the same time, Shinjo Abe... Um, I'm still going back and forth on that one. Uh, it his death really helps China. And granted, this guy that shot him was a member of the uh, Japanese Defense Force. Uh, it's not the first time that <laughs> that a member of that organization has uh, lost their mind. Uh, this I'm not saying it's a regular thing. But back in the 70s, you had the uh, Japanese writer Yukio Mishima. Uh, he took his little private army. He was a, a playwright and a novelist. And his uh, acting troupe kind of acted as like his own personal uh, militia in a way. And he, this was back in the 70s, he didn't like to see where Japan was going. He missed those old glorious days of, you know, the, the emperor, the land of the rising sun. Uh, we will end up ruling the world someday. Uh, he ended up taking over a defense force uh, base. And by uh, using weapons... Uh, he, the whole purpose was that he made this grandiose speech on the roof of the building, uh, talking about wanting Japan to go back to its nationalistic ideals, <clears throat> to become the great country that he thought it always was. Uh, and at the end of the day, he ended up committing seppuku, um, disemboweling himself, and his number one guy then decapitated him and in his life. And this was him making a personal sacrifice, trying to urge the country to go in a better direction in his eyes. 
he didn't go out and kill anybody. He he made sure that he himself was the sacrifice, and that's an old Japanese idea. Uh, then his number one guy, who took his life, decided he was going to follow in his footsteps, even though he was ordered not to. He was supposed to be the face of this entire thing and, and try to get the ball rolling on Japan, turning its ways around. He then... Uh, <clears throat> killed himself in the same way, and the rest of the, the troop was then arrested. Uh, so that was something that's happened previously in Japan. Like I said before, uh, it's, it's a very odd situation, a very odd time for, for something like that to happen in Japan. Assassinations just don't happen like that. It, it's, uh, it's very odd especially when you had somebody as popular as Shinzo Abe, um, a man who won elections with nearly 80% of the population voting him in. So to wrap this up, um, might actually be a shorter uh, episode today. Who knows? Um, <laughs> who knows what the news will bring today? So... Uh, for me, uh, what's going on around here on the homestead, uh, I have roofing materials for the root cellar. The root cellar is a key component to uh, future preps here where I live. And that um, was one of the big selling points for me on the house that we have. Um, the root cellar itself is about 400 square feet. It is all stone and concrete. And uh, the only downside to it is that over the years, uh, water has been leaking through the roof, and I want to take care of that. So, new metal roof. Um, hopefully by the end of the week, that'll be accomplished. I can't see it really taking more than two days for the main section. And then there is a separate section, somehow, some way, uh, back in 1926... <laughs> Granted, uh, I believe that um, uh, architecture and uh, engineering was, uh, was was doing fairly well at that time. Um, but the house that I live in used to be a barn. And so on both sides of the house, there are these old ramps. Uh, one side, the ramp was completely removed. The other side, the ramp is still there. And the ramp goes over the ceiling for the back of the root cellar, which I find to be very odd. Um, granted, most of the ramp itself is dirt, but then at the same time, there is a um, vent that goes up through the ramp and pops up and goes down at an angle, and it's for ventilation for the root cellar. Um find it very odd that for that somehow that that vent would be like in the middle of this ramp I don't know if it was an afterthought or if they purposely designed it that way but uh, you know you get enough rain and the rain comes off the roof and the roof of the, the the house is fairly big which means a lot of water is concentrating on one spot the water also comes down that ramp and goes through the ceiling in the root cellar so um, part two of the project is to put a metal roof on that ramp, uh, which means the ramp is inaccessible, but we don't, we don't use it. <laughs> the house isn't a barn anymore. So, 
uh, putting a, a metal roof on that is not going to be an issue. And, um, you know, the grapes that, uh, the grapevines that we planted, those appear to be doing fairly well. I had to put cages around those because the deer will eat them. Uh, I did have a concord vine that I lost last year because the deer were just, they continued to eat the, uh, the new buds, the new leaves that were, uh, coming off of it and the, the vine eventually just died, uh, Blueberries are in season right now. Took my daughter out back, picked some blueberries, and um, filled about a eh, quarter of a bucket. Uh, wild blueberries aren't as... Um, uh, they, they don't produce as much as the, the stuff that you're going to find at a, a blueberry farm. Strawberries are completely done, and towards the end of the season, we're going to have wild raspberries and blackberries um, out back. And that looks like it's going to be uh, a good size harvest. Um, there's a large patch of, um, of those back by the cabin. And um, looking forward to those. Uh, the garden overall is doing well. And I have to say that the ducks are helping with that. Uh, with the pool, the pool has to be cleaned out every day. Because while the ducks like to go into a nice clean pool of water by the end of the day um it's like kids at a swimming pool <laughs> they, they don't bother to get out to do their thing so uh the next morning uh i'll start scooping the water out with a bucket it tends to smell like raw sewage but um as some farmers put it it's compost tea it adds bacteria back to the soil nutrients uh the ducks are actually doing a very good job of uh currently feeding the garden every morning and I, I pick a certain section things that were thing uh, plants aren't growing all that well and that's where the latest batch of tea goes and um, you almost within 24 hours you see a drastic improvement in the plants themselves so that's just another tip on gardening uh, compost tea if you will or duck pond tea i don't know um but that seems to be working really well with um feeding the plants and keeping the garden going and growing and producing and uh lettuce is pretty much done for for this time it's all starting to bolt the heat is not helping and uh, it'll soon go to flower, and that's fine. I'll go out there and collect the seeds for next year. And um, if there's one thing I'm trying to do, it's make sure that the the garden itself is self-sustaining. Um, I think it's a goal that everyone should have. It doesn't matter how many packets of seeds you buy. If you don't know how to collect the seeds, then um, a couple years down the road, you're you're not going to have a garden anymore. Um, you can't just go ahead and eat all the tomatoes and not save some seeds. Uh, otherwise, next year you don't have any tomatoes. Uh, it goes for any plant that you, you have in the garden. So that is about it for me today. If you're looking for other such content like this podcast, uh, some suggestions I have. Uh, one guy that I listen to every day in order to try to get a 
a nice pulse of how the collapse is happening is Southern Prepper 1. He's got a daily segment called Boots on the Ground. Uh, you can listen to that. He's got a nice backlog of information uh, coming from people like you and I as to what is happening in their region with their jobs, with their stores. Uh, what they're seeing is, is semi-truck traffic down, our plants shutting down, are people being laid off, what are the, the uh, store shelves look like. Uh, this, this is the type of thing that he talks about on his podcast. Canadian Prepper, he has been uh, doing some really great segments when it comes to talking with experts on different topics. Uh, his latest episode is, uh, in my opinion, a must-watch. It is an hour, but the man that he's talking to has a lot of in-depth knowledge when it comes to Russia and China, the nuclear situation. And, um, you know, it's not the end of the world if it happens. Uh Get, take some advice from him. Uh, as he points out, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, half the population survived. They may not have wanted to afterwards, but they did. Life went on. Uh, the next spring, flowers did bloom. So uh, check that out. And um, other channels, uh, Preparing for Survival. She has a very interesting channel. Uh popular preparedness he has a uh, channel that's uh he even admits it's similar to southern prepper one where he's taking information from different places but he does various videos he'll look at news articles he'll summarize what's happening he'll give you what he thinks is happening especially when it comes to things like i don't know four natural gas explosions uh in the last month um, the depopulation agenda, he seems to be, uh, in the same boat that I am, that this is all planned. Um, they don't want you around, they don't like you, and, uh, quite frankly, uh, frankly, quite frankly, <laughs> I'm starting to sound like, uh, Luke from wearechange.org, uh, another channel you should check out. He does a daily video, 15 minutes on average, uh, discussing the the news and what's happening um and uh he's one of the first people who uh pointed me in the direction of uh <clears throat> epstein didn't kill himself so um check out his channel adventures with dano is also another good youtube channel uh dano goes into different stores in his area to see how the shelves look what the prices are like and he has a very interesting mind when it comes to remembering what things used to cost, how much they've gone up, and being able to tell you whether or not something is a good deal. Uh, recently, he was experiencing some powder. Powder. Ugh, it is time for me to hang this one up. Uh, power outages in his area, and he saw the ramifications of what happened. Uh the freezer shut down, the food that was thrown out, um, just the the amount of loss uh, that happened. It sounds like it might have been like a 12 or 15 hour power outage and um, somehow these stores didn't have backup generators or ways of preserving the food that they, they had on display. Personally, I never understood the whole shopping, freezer, 
refrigeration area to begin with, in my opinion, because, uh, you know, at home, if you're not getting some out, something out of the fridge, you, you close the door. You're, you're wasting money. That's a lot of electricity to keep cooling air that's, that's just not staying in there. So um, never understood the whole refrigeration process when it came to supermarkets. But I'm not surprised that they lost everything in that amount of time. Asymmetrical preparedness uh, has a decent channel where he himself, um, it kind of reminds me of the old days with uh, the collapse experiment, gardening, preserving, trying to, as he puts it, do the things. Uh, he'll talk about different things about when it comes to training for, for tactical, the type of gear that you should have. Uh, creative ways of gardening, of setting up a perimeter uh, on your property. Uh, it's it's an interesting show, and um, uh, it's one that I tend to come and go on, uh, depending on what's going on. Plus, I wouldn't be surprised if the YouTube algorithms have an issue with his content, which might be why it comes and goes. Um, I'm probably not getting the notifications that I should for his channel, uh, which is pretty sad. Uh, and the last one I'd like to uh, end this with is Ice Age Farmer. Not on YouTube. Uh, this is a guy who was uh, uh, demonetized and basically kicked off the platform, but you can find him on places like Odyssey, uh, iceagefarmer.com although I will tell you I've had issues with trying to go to the website before where the website just wouldn't load it either wouldn't load or the computer or the phone that I was on would try to say that it was a um, the, the site that I was going to was not secure <laughs> which I think is a BS excuse for uh, not allowing somebody to look at a website. Um, anyways, Ice Age Farmer, he collects a lot of information when it comes to the uh, food shortages, the shutdowns of um, processing centers, the killing of cattle, of produce, uh, uh, the loss of produce in certain areas. Basically, he looks at the, the planned demolition of the food industry and where that's heading and it's definitely a good channel to check out if you want to get more information on something like that so that's about it for today that is all the channels i could think of that i regularly go to for information such as uh, what i cover on here and um, hopefully everyone is doing well and remember you are the carbon that they want to reduce Thank you for listening to the Collapse Experiment podcast. For more content, check out thecollapseexperiment.com where you can find the latest news articles. If you'd like to help out this podcast, check out books by Matthew Gilman on Amazon. Or you should just buy gold and silver. Just just buy gold and silver. It's, it's a better investment and uh, you might actually have something to trade later on when the world <laughs> falls apart.